Ladies, welcome back to the Empowered Women's Podcast. You're joined with yours truly, Amanda Mikolaf, and my special guest, Nicole Chalfont. Nicole, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on today. You're welcome. So how's the week been? Um, it's been really, really good. Um, I mean, I've been, yeah, so happy about the feedback um, from our, yeah, last week's podcast. It's been amazing feedback. So, uh, Look, I mean, how's that email we got last week, uh, how we just climbed the charts pretty quick, which was testament to, I just guess, just having the um, the intuition to put out this content. I think it's really needed at the moment, Nicole. Absolutely. And yeah, as we kind of touched on, there's a bit of an epidemic um, at the moment of just, you know, not only toxic relationships that are existing, people are just becoming a lot more aware of, um, you know, and wanting to get out of these situations. So that's why, you know, I guess we're bringing this together to help, you know, warn people about the red flags and topics such as love bombing. Mm, Definitely shining a light on it because I'm sure we've all experienced it in some way, shape or form. So in that, with that said, let's open up with love bombing. So for those that don't know, because we did have a couple of questions on the Q&A last week, they did say, what is love bombing and what do we look out for? Okay, so um, love bombing. Well, often it starts where, um, you know, typically there is one person pursued by another. And um, so the person that is pursued uh, typically is more of an empath, Um, more of like a counsellor type energy, Um, perhaps, you know, they've had bad experiences in relationship or some also childhood traumas um, where their role models for like love and significance were emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, you know, this amazing, charming partner comes into their life promising the world Mm. and making them feel these feelings that they've always wanted to feel, you know, feeling wanted and, you know, this partner that is demanding commitment um, very early on, super charming, grandiose gestures, Mm -hmm. things like that. So just basically pursuing them, telling them everything that they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of love bombing as well is often this person that pursues them likes to generally study them a little bit as well. So they might be very attentive in the first series of dates, um, listening a lot and, you know, making the empathetic person feel like, wow, this person really sees me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really being heard. And if, if they've been in a, you know, toxic family dynamic where, They've always been put down or made to feel like an awful person. And suddenly there's this person on, you know, offering them everything on a platter that they've always wanted to feel and, you know, hear. So this person is actually studying them to see, you know, um, how can they down the track kind of be manipulated for their own emotional gain. So this person is not coming in actually emotionally available um they're coming in more to boost their ego boost their you know false sense of they'll have often a grandiose sense of like this false self-confidence so Mm. um you know you've probably seen examples of this Mm -hmm. where people make up for it in material aspects of their life or 
in titles, achievements, things like that. But deep down, this person is actually feeling quite soulless. So the person that is pursued, um, this person is offering to them kind of the level of empathy that they don't feel in themselves. So it's Mm. kind of like a trading dynamic. Um, But, you know, this is a, a really hot topic at the moment of love bombing. What is it? How does it happen? Mm. Um, and so that's why I thought I'd give a, a few little examples today of how it can happen to anyone. Um, yeah, as you said, and it doesn't it doesn't always happen to everyone, though, because people that have been raised with, you know, a solid foundation of support mm. um, in a family dynamic, they are not prone to this false grandiose narcissism because Mm. they already have a solid sense of self-worth so for someone to be love bombed there is a a fragment of themselves there's like a limiting belief that they are like unwanted or they're unworthy of this kind of love and so the love bombing gets them hooked would you say so Yeah. yeah so have you experienced a little bit about this or have you would you like to add to this topic yeah yeah look I mean I think what would be more interesting for the audience is what are some common phrases around love bombing like what do they need to be listening out for yeah 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 um I actually I spoke to a girlfriend this week she's like oh can I add you know a few little bits into this and um she's just come out of one of these dynamics and she said that Um, her partner at the time had said, you know, I've never met anyone like you. So kind of phrases that are like that. Mm. Um, I had someone, um, sorry, I had sort of someone say to me, I feel like I've known you forever. Yes. I said, um, I was like, (laughs) really? We've only had a couple of conversations. Like in the past, I would have taken that as a compliment. Now I'm like, red flag. Red flag. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, my, my girlfriend is, is she's such a beautiful girl, but unfortunately mm. she's had, you know, a couple of really bad experiences. So mm. when this guy came in, um, I think it was maybe like six months ago and was very attentive and, you know, went through all the steps that I've just been you know, talking about, he really was pedestaling her. So really putting her up on a pedestal. Mm. And so this is kind of laying the foundation for the manipulation down the track, if that makes sense. And I'll go a bit further into that. Um, yeah. But is this similar to what you've experienced, would you say? Yeah, I mean, look, the way I see it, the higher they put you, the more they can cut you down. And that's what you've got yes. to remember too is that it's all nice to be receiving these these compliments, but I just also think it's a little bit inauthentic when someone who barely knows you Correct. is just thinking that they – like to say that they love you so much that you're this fantastic, amazing, incredible individual, it's like – that's great. Take it with a grain of salt, though, I think, because, like, it does take a good few months, even six months, to really, really get to know someone and try and see them in all their different all the different masks that they wear and take off and what have you. And, you know, I've experienced that in friendships as well as relationships. Absolutely. And now yeah. I'm just like, I have so – my walls are so high that I'm, yeah. I'm still getting the whole love bombing from different angles and I'm just like, yep, cool, awesome, thank you. You know, and I'm just not <laughs> buying it. I'm just like, I'll just, let's just wait and see, you know, if you're still feeling these feelings in six months time. 
Absolutely. And that's the right approach to have. It's kind of like, you know, water off a duck's back because mm. they are, they're actually testing you. They're testing you to see if you are, if, if they are a true narcissist or have narcissistic traits. Mm. They are testing you to see if you are willing um, to comply with being their supply, yeah. to boosting their self-esteem. So they actually then get off by, you know, they've actually drained, they drain you, don't they? So um, they've come in, promised all these things, grand gestures, making you feel really good about yourself. And then, you know, down the track, which we'll get to as well, mm. um, that kind of goes south from there. So, yeah, they're coming in, they're coming to test you, coming to test your boundaries. And if you have a strong sense of self-worth mm. and self-esteem, you will. Like, you know, like what you're saying, you're not going to just fall for the first thing that they say. You'll be like, oh, you know, that's really nice. But then you'll want to get to know them on a more authentic level. So it's the people that are um, in a really needy place in their lives, mm. I would say, and very vulnerable. So quite often you'll see someone who is going through hardship in their life. Perhaps they've lost a family member or someone in their family is sick. Yeah. Perhaps, um, you know, they've just been through a really awful divorce. And then, you know, someone will come in and suddenly they're all charming and they're making them feel wanted again. Um, so it's all it's really just checking in to see whereabouts you're at in, in your life. Are you vulnerable? Yeah. Are you feeling good about yourself at the time when you meet your partner? Because, for instance, an experience that I had, um, I had a couple of bad relationships, but one was shorter than the second one. Um, and I learned from the first one because I was in a vulnerable place in my life with things that were, go I was, you know, going on in the background with my family. I'd moved back from overseas and getting back on my feet and things like that. Um, and I got involved with someone very quickly. And so I look back on that as a learning curve, right? Because love bombing happens so quickly, mm. you're kind of stunned. And before you know it, you know, there's this crazy level of commitment, yeah. Um, that wasn't, you were never really in control of the pace because they stun you with this, you know, all the maneuvers and things like that. Um, they pull out all so the stops, don't they? They, they really, oh, all the stops. from gifts yeah. to then, things they say yeah. to the whole gamut. It's really full yeah. on. Mm. Yes. Very, very full on. And so it can blindside anyone. And it's not just saying, you know, anyone with extreme low self-esteem, but if you have lingering, you know, childhood traumas that you may be consciously or unconsciously aware of, it will be easier to think, oh my God, this, this is my Prince Charming. This is the answer to everything to make me feel wanted. Um, because the more that you actually feel whole in yourself, the less that you will give in to these kind of dynamics. So, the second relationship that I was involved in, I met someone and again, I was in a very vulnerable place in my life. Yeah. Um, my mum was, you know, terminal, like this was it. And it was, you know, she'd had health problems for so long. And I kind of checked in with myself when I met this person. Mm. And I, I even knew the red flag at the time. And I was like, okay, I was vulnerable last time with the last dynamic. And I brushed it aside. So biggest mistake, you know, I saw the red flag yeah. and this person was such an extreme narcissist that, you know, I was, 
I, I put it aside and just the gloss and of the love or what you think is love. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about any experiences that you've had or friends might have had that might be similar? Yeah, definitely. So I've had a couple of obviously relationships over the years. I can sort of backtrack about 15 or so years ago. Um, one of my first partners, uh, I guess we, we were young, very young, very crazy. Like she was crazy. She was out there. She had a good heart, didn't have the best relationship with her her mum um, and just a, just a bit of a loose cannon, I guess. You know, our, our romantic relationship, our, the sex was amazing, um, but the foundation for anything stable was just not going to be there because she really wasn't raised in a stable kind of environment. But when we first met, she was like, I'm crazy about you, you're amazing, this, that and the other and, you know, buying gifts and uh, whether it was stolen or purchased or whatever, like (laughs) I got, you know, whether it was off the back of a truck or whatever, you know, I got all these gifts and, you know, she had a good heart, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, I guess that was kind of my, that was my first kind of taste with a romantic narcissist in a sense so Mm. once you know once things started to go south because I was like this is not a healthy relationship like this is shit so I remember one day we were going I went to her house her dad's house and we were there her her brother her brother was gay and um just out of the blue she said come on let's go to a hotel for the night and I'm like but I don't have a night bag or anything like I just went there for a visit I didn't expect to you know stay the night in a hotel and she kind of coerced me into it and I was like, oh, like I'm a bit of a princess. I want my toothbrush at least. I want to, you know, I need the basic amenities. <laughs> and we, we were just going to go to like a roadside kind of hotel where people literally pay for a night to go and have a shag and that's it. So <laughs> anyway, so I ring my mum and I said, look, mum, we're going to be staying out tonight. Mum wasn't too happy about it, rightfully so. I was still living at home at the time. It was in my early 20s and anyway, so – as we were driving in the like in the car on the way to the hotel, there was four of us. Um, my, her brother and the boyfriend were in the back seat. She was in the front seat. She pretty much berated me the entire time, calling me a stiff screw and all this other stuff. And you're boring and you're this and you're that. And I turned the car around. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going home. I'm out of here. Right? I said, I don't know why you're actually with me for. If these are the things that you actually feel about me. I said, mm. yeah, yes, we've got amazing things that we love about each other. I said, but clearly we're chalk and cheese. So yeah. um, she lost her shit. Yeah, she lost her shit pretty quick. And um, I remember as I was getting into my car and she was in her car, like she was speeding around the corner and she nearly hit a tree and um, she just, yeah, it just, look. And then from that, shortly after, she ended up with someone else um and I look it took me a while to get over her took me about four years of us communicating back and forth her being in a relationship that she was you know started out she was being she was in love with her but then kind of wasn't and was with her for convenience and then her and I tried again and then look I think back then I was a lot more insecure within myself and what I Mm. thought was love was not really love at all so whatever she did provide me with um yeah back then it was enough to keep me hanging on to uh, I guess a false perception of love and what true love is and I got addicted I got addicted to the feeling the rush and the high and you know and and then such a bad way to go when it comes to what true love actually is 
And yes. um, she managed to find that kind of stability with her new partner. But – and I always thought – I felt – it made me feel inadequate because I thought, well, why couldn't we achieve the same level of stability if we had all the other sort of fundamentals in place? And I didn't understand what was too – different from this next partner to myself like this next partner that she had had was also of you know worked full time had a house you know so she she chose her victims pretty well I think um in the sense that she knew how to find the ones that were more stable um a bit more level-headed and what have you but look I mean I just think that she deep down was a bit of a lost lost soul um had a good heart where it served her but just kind of, yeah, like in a heartbeat when we'd broken up, she was on to the next best thing. In fact, when we were sort of seeing each other, she was seeing others at the same time and I was kind of a little accepting of it at the same – and it's like, oh, my God, why would you put yourself in that situation? And I think it's fascinating that a lot of people will put themselves in these love triangles yes. thinking that that's okay or they, they just put up with it because they're so enamoured by this one person – because when this person is in their presence, they make it all about you and they yes. pedestal you. And the minute you're out of the picture, they're on to the next person, putting the next person on a pedestal. So that's one example. Um, and that's, that's probably my first true experience with it. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, you've touched on exactly what is a trauma bond. And also this is just so common is the addiction cycle is what we really need to address as well. Yeah. Um, because you're literally in this love bu bubble and then you're addicted to that feeling and the endorphins and everything that comes with um, the feeling of love. Mm. And then when they withdraw that from you, you are just feeling so empty and so void. Yeah. Um, and it's like they've kind of come in and stolen all your good energy um, and then gone away. And it's okay for them to move on because they don't have the level of empathy. Whereas, you know, you have that empathy and you still were trying to make it work. Yeah. Um, they ha they've happily moved on to um, the next supply. And, you know, each of these relationships are you know, there for us to be able to evolve and to grow. And it's just about understanding the the limiting beliefs and the trauma and the wounds that are keeping us stuck in these dynamics. But it is just so common that um, a red flag in these kind of dynamics is um, um, having sexual intimacy with a partner very early on. Yeah, um, okay. Because this is what happens is then the person is bonded um, physically, and then there's all the emotions that come with it, but there is no actual emotional intimacy because someone who is um, an, a narcissist or has the narcissistic traits or an avoidant, yeah. they actually are repelled by your empathy, like your emotional intimacy and your needs and desires for more. Mm. Um, and it's not built on a solid foundation of common values um, because it's not gone at the pace that you need. Um, as you were saying, you weren't really aware of what made, a, you know, a true loving intimate relationship mm. um and a true narcissist is very sexual based yes um, yep. because they they make up 
in that department for their lack of emotional intimacy. So a lot of avoidant and narcissistic people are very good in the bedroom. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I've had a lot of like fiery yeah. I've had a couple of key partners where, yeah, the sex has been unreal. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate where yes. they think, oh, my God, the sex was amazing. And that's what they get addicted to is that physical connection. But what they fail to kind of analyse and recognise is, well, look at everything else in the relationship. If you took that away, what was it really built on? And I think yes. it's reminding people to put that into the front of mind and go, well, realistically, we didn't really have much else and that's okay. I'll, ex- I'll, I'll chalk it down to some experience and we had an amazing sex life, but long-term it never would have worked out. So more yeah. fantasy than reality than anything else. Let's talk about some of more of the red flags now that people can look out for at the start yes. of dating someone. Yeah, so um, we touched on a few of these already. Um, so... Uh, trying to form commitment um, very early on, you know, saying, yep. oh, you know, I've never met anyone like you yeah, or oh what, was the, what was the phrase that you said? Um, you're the best person I ever met or something like oh, that. Oh, I feel like I've known you forever. That's it. That's that, it. Uh, I just read flat. I was like, bow, 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 abort, abort, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> Um, I just, I have to throw something in here because I actually think it's quite funny. I, I get some DMs sometimes and it's like guys that are like off, like saying, oh, they're going to buy this house or whatever. And Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, you do that and you know I I just have very real and authentic dates to get to know someone yeah because I'm not impacted by grandiose gestures anymore are they saying that so you can like do they want you to move in or what's the go (laughs) what are they hoping yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like how far do I go into this topic um Yeah. yeah i I feel like sometimes guys that are quite um, closed down emotionally, they focus on material wealth and then they get to an age where they start looking for a wife. And I'm seeing this, you know, in in my age um, and demographic and within my friends group. And Mm. then suddenly they they start to try and form what they think is a serious relationship, but Mm -hmm. without knowing any of the steps. Um, and so they'll talk more in their material terms. And to me, that is a major red flag. If someone is telling you about what they own before a first or second, or even during the first, second, third day, that is a red flag. Right. Okay. Because they are trading, you know, their material worth for, you know, an actual relationship. Like it just doesn't make sense. Do you, do you get that? Totally. Whereas. Yeah, Yeah. It's completely superficial. It's superficial and it's showing a level of false confidence. So I just want to hone that in. It's false confidence. Moving at an extremely fast pace, Mm. which we touched on, um, declarations of love too soon. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's not like I haven't felt it soon with people in the past. I I mean, I have sort of felt it within the first month with people and I think when you know, you know. and. But it doesn't necessarily deem a person to be a narcissist per se. No, It's no. everything else that can sort of happen around that. Um, so that's part yeah. of the red flag. So as if that's tied in with the other things, yeah. then that is one of the red flags. But, yes, yep. I agree in some cases. But because I specialise in clients that have had trauma, childhood trauma, mm. 
I would rather them look at it as a red flag Mm -hmm. because it's about building a healthy foundation for a relationship. So I would rather them go, okay, that's nice. Let me get to know you another two, three months and then let's, you know, see if it really is love from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's the thing. If someone's come from really unhealthy dynamics, how do they know what love truly is? Love is when Correct. someone is emotionally available, like yeah. you're saying, mm. goes through the highs and the lows. That is true love. So there, there can be more of an idealization in infatuation stage. Mm. Um, and you can you can start feeling those lustful feelings. And, yeah, maybe to some people that is love. Um, but I just really want to hone in what is a strong foundation for a loving relationship. So down the track, you know, after the idealization stage, um, they can be dismissive of your needs and demands. And I know Mm. you said that you had this um, experience um, where you wanted to chat more about your feelings and then that Mm. was dismissed. So Mm. um, that comes after the love bombing stage um, when they misunderstand what you're saying. So no attempt to fully reconcile the issue and move forward. Again, that's just what I was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And brushing off your emotional outbursts and needs. So, look, we all have emotions. We all um, are entitled to express our needs. Mm. So if someone just completely shuts down and is not open to having a conversation, um, you know, that is a major red flag. And, you know, when the time comes to discuss these issues, um, you know, in a previous dynamic, uh, like as time went on, this was glaringly obvious. This is um, something that they do use as a tactic to um, dismiss your needs and devalue. It's like they're either in a bad mood, they're always tired, they're always sick, and they're always busy. So this wow. is, you know, <laughs> when you've got something on your chest and mm. on your heart and yeah. you're needing to work through it. And this is why I say take things slow in the dating phase and in yeah. the romance phase because you want to be knowing some both sides to someone. And the slower you are and the more authentic you can be, um, you know, you will bore someone who is looking for those highs and lows basically. Right. Um, yeah. So they'll lose who, interest pretty quick is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, most often. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you can just try it out and see how genuine and authentic they are. It Mm. definitely works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's just like, like, as you said, it's like, cool, see you later, you know, come correct or don't come at all. Um, I I don't have time for people who um, dismiss my needs and don't show empathy upfront. So, you know, that's really that's the ultimate relationship is someone who is very empathetic um, and is able to meet your emotional needs. But that's, you know, after but also you having through. boundaries by the sounds of it too, you know, I think Absolutely. setting strong boundaries is such an attractive quality. Like yes. if you were dealing with someone who had slight narcissistic tendencies or maybe an ability to see that you're a little bit of a pushover at first, yes. the minute yes. you set those boundaries in place, it's like, Oh, hang on a minute. Well, I, I suddenly can't get away with what I'm trying to get away with now. Um, Absolutely. Because I think we all kind of test to a degree, you know, as human beings, we test our partners in relationships to see how far we can kind of push it. As soon as those boundaries are put in place, it it really takes the attraction to a whole other level. So, mm, that's And someone with with their own boundaries and respect for your boundaries will rise to the occasion, which... You know, we can certainly go into another day and this is the kind of stuff that I go into in my program as well is, you know, strengthening your boundaries. Um, So they're often late. I mean, this is not everyone, 
But have you ever experienced this with someone like always keeping you waiting around or disregarding your time? Perhaps they yeah. reply to your messages days this was, later. Um, this was the first the first partner I was talking about from my early 20s. So sometimes she would take yeah. a whole day to reply to messages, sometimes three hours. I would rock up at her house. I would message her when I was 10 minutes away and say that I was there and it would take her another 10 or 15 minutes to come outside. So essentially she'd keep me waiting about a half an hour almost yeah. sometime, and that was yeah. every time and you know but yeah. I see I stupidly kept putting myself in that position and I didn't set enough boundaries because I was addicted to you know the fun that we would have and I was like yes. look I'm willing to put up with it because when she's good she's great and when she's present she's ever present and she ignores everything else around her and I feel like I'm the center of her universe but right. to get into that position it meant that I had to kind of be yeah, disrespected, piss farted around and all the rest of it. And it's like, yes. but at what cost, you know? At so when, you put your yeah. needs aside basically to get that high and, and feel wanted and um, – Mate, I was an addict. I was like an yeah. addict. I'd do anything for the fix. She was like a fix, right. you know, <laughs> until I woke up and looked in the mirror and go, you're fighting with your family because they're telling you that this person's no good for you and you're giving yeah. them every reason to ignore them. You're no better than yes. a drug addict right now. You know? Well, I'm, I, I love, but it's like it's such a serious topic because it yeah. is like we all go through it. And I really hope that people that are listening to this are like, yes, I have been through this. Thank you for seeing me because yep. we've all, trust me, I've definitely been through it. I had the most awful relationship, I think, from like 19 to 21. I was cheated on with multiple people. Yep. I remember, um, you know, they didn't even come home at night. We were already like living together mm. and, you know, there was rumours of different people and it was after we broke up that I found out. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, you're just lingering around and, like how often would you say it was good and bad? Like were you getting good times each week or was it like you'd go through a whole week feeling like shit and then, you know, you'd have fun or? Oh, look, I mean it was up and down. It was constantly yeah. up and down. When it was good, it was amazing. We would laugh until our lungs fell out and, you know, like we, we had kind of similar upbringings with families and stuff, same ethnicity, same ways of I guess, the way our grandparents were and, you know, again, I think there was a little bit of a trauma bond there between her and yes. I, so we connected yes. a lot in that sense. But, yeah, when it was bad, it was really toxic and really unhealthy and she would totally disregard um, any feeling whatsoever and she just lived very haphazardly. So very yes. a bit dodgy. I think her mum was a bit dodgy as well. She used to do dodgies and stuff like cash dodgies and all sorts. So, you know, she didn't exactly have the strongest role models around her. Um, yes. And, you know, obviously it plays a big part. And, I look, I acknowledge that and I think a part of me thought I could try and save her to a degree. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And that's. So. A, I'm glad that you touched on that. And, um yeah, it's, it's actually quite funny because I think my first ever relationship was a little bit the same. Like mm. he was a little bit of, yeah, he was definitely, I was going to say a little bit. No, he definitely was a bad boy type. Mm. And I think when you were raised to be like you're the empath, black sheep of the family, and you are like the rescuer, mm. you can tr attract wounded souls. Yes, we have our wounds. But we put our needs aside to, in fact, think that we can rescue these people because yeah. we actually get a fix as well. Yeah. Of, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And it does. It works both ways because we're just as – we're equally as wounded for other things. But yes. we're probably – 
we've learnt to kind of manage it a little better and we've probably done a little bit more work. But, um, you know, we won't stop attracting these sorts of people until those firm, firm, firm boundaries are set in place. And that's why raising these kinds of red flags and um, scenarios and what have you, I really do hope that people find the strength within themselves to Absolutely. even if even if their intuition is going off a tiny bit, like don't ignore that because it gets bigger yeah. in time. So red flags become the size of a stadium in time. So if you ignore that red flag waving, um, that's on you. So yeah, yeah. don't say we told I, you so. Mm. I, I definitely have to speak to, you know, the women who are really wanting to settle down. Perhaps you've had you know, some bad experiences, perhaps you're thinking, you know, shit, do I freeze my eggs? Yeah. And you're, it's actually quite a vulnerable phase in your life. Yeah. And so if someone comes in and yeah, you want to know, are, are kids on the table, like family milestones, like mm. you need to have that conversation early enough, yeah. but please, please, please work on your childhood traumas beforehand. Um, because, yeah, otherwise you're going to end up in a trauma bond and yeah. you're going to fall for this person that is making all these promises, you know, the kids, the house, the this, the that, um, and you're not really getting to the core um Need, your own needs, wants, and values. And if you've always been the empath, the black sheep of the family, the person to hold the family together or to fix others, you are going to continue to unfortunately attract these dynamics until you take personal responsibility, mm. do the shadow work, and own own the past. Stop living in shame. Stop living in shame for what you've been through with your childhood, the abandonment, the feeling unwanted, yes. um, you know, taking taking the burden of other people. You are going to burn out mm. um, and you are going to attract a partner who sees you with your natural counselling ability. Um, quite often a lot of these people will come in and they'll be talking about their ex-partner, they'll be talking about custody battles and quite often the way they talk about their ex-partner is going to be the way they eventually talk about you. So yeah. let me say that that is another major yes. red flag yes. as well. Yep. So if if someone has just come out of a relationship and they're talking a lot about their ex or even a little bit, mm -hmm. um, you know, like if if I went on a date, I I don't even bring it up. Like there's just no need. But no. if someone is giving you the the entire background history of their whole dating um, history, which yeah. funnily enough, this actually did happen to me. And yeah. I was just like. Oh, I'm sure we've all dealt with it. Yeah. As soon as they start talking about their exes, it's like, well, you, clearly you're not over your ex. And if you're trashing your ex to someone you don't know, well, what's going to happen if we end up together yeah. and things go south? You're going to be trashing me to someone you don't even know. I, and I also, yeah, it's, it's, it's not yet resolved and um, it's lingering resentment. It's bringing fear. Um, it's bringing that fearful energy into a new relationship dynamic. Look, we all have wounds. And this is what I said last week. We yeah. all, we're all working on ourselves, especially the most traumatized people. You know, I'm always doing the work, but I have the tools now. I've invested thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. So if something's coming up for me, I sit with it. And I work through it and I take responsibility. I speak my boundaries from a very clear, authentic and strong place. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I had someone get really triggered by that the other day, but he was kind of saying at the same time that it was a good thing. And I was like, oh, this is me, you know? Yeah. So 
if someone is triggered by your self-worth, mm-hmm. that is that is their issue. Absolutely. On that note, I think we may wrap it up there unless there's anything else you want to add in today, Nicole, because I want to keep everyone hanging for next week. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to dangle awesome. that carrot. <laughs> We've covered right, a lot so today. Yes. All right. Let me just wrap up. So we'll just summarize. So yep. please just make note of the red flags that we were talking about today. Yep. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, I am available for online one-on-one sessions. Uh, my six-week online program will be starting very shortly. I'll be announcing um, the date after next week. So please reach out to book in a call. We can chat about where you're at at the moment, working on your self-worth. Um, and, yeah, please look out for the red flags, someone that is dismissive of your needs um, and, yeah, just always makes excuses and is not addressing any of the issues. Just mm. know that you are worthy of the ultimate relationship. This is what I want to remind you and we are here to support you in your journey. Absolutely. So thank you for having me. There you go, guys. So I'll plug all, all of that information below in the show notes on how you can reach out to Nicole. Uh, as you guys may or may not know, I'm a qualified personal trainer. So if you're looking for mindset or personal training, you can reach out to yours truly below as well. Make sure you give the podcast a rating. Give us your honest feedback with a written review. And Nicole, I think next week we're going to touch on breadcrumbing and grey rocking which is some terminology we use uh, against narcissism and what it means on how to actually communicate with a narcissist that you're having to walk away from. So Mm. refraining from using too much emotion so that they don't get the better of you, so to speak. So we will touch on those terms next week. Nicole, again, thank you so much. We got this out. I'm so pumped. Hope you're feeling a bit better as well from the start of the week. Yep. (laughs) I was like, no, we're not going to get an episode out this week. (laughs) No, I was was determined. This is, yeah. This is serious business, guys. We take this very seriously. (laughs) We love it. We're passionate. All right, guys. Well, you know what? Thank you so, so much for tuning in. And until next time, we will see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 o